those handouts, but we just we just wanted you to have something in your hand to take home. The uh, the prophetic well the the outline actually the outline is from my teaching. I'm just going to do a real short teaching. Um, Jason's going to share too um, a little bit before we do some um, some activations. But we just wanted you to have a copy of some prophetic etiquette. It's just good to kind of know, you know, how to how to proceed, you know, with uh, prophetic ministry. And so we have that for you. And then what was the other one? The other one was, oh, being a receiver. You know what? I don't think there's enough teaching on how to receive a prophetic word. It's all about how to give one. So, um, you know, that one is just a little bit of um, just information on, on how to, when somebody gives you a prophetic word, how to, how to kind of process your heart with it. So that's those handouts. Hi, my name is Jake Bleen. I'm one of the room coordinators. The other room coordinator is Rose Cole. you have any questions, please come ask us. I'm going to open this up in prayer, and I'll give it over to Mr. Jason. Uh, dear Lord, I just thank you that you've called us here. You've gathered this select group of people to hear from you, to learn how to hear from you better, how to speak on your behalf. And we just pray that you would give us um, open ears and open hearts and help us to move mightily and to hear you move mightily, God, to see visions like Ezekiel saw visions be humble and obedient like Isaiah was humble and obedient, and to uh, endure persecution like Jeremiah suffered and endured. God, we just thank you for what you're going to do. We just bless us in the name of Jesus, and we honor you and we worship you. Amen. Good morning. How is everybody today? Excited for everybody to be here. Um, So how many people are familiar with the prophetic? So have heard about it, have... Okay, good. How many people have, would say they've walked in the, with the gift of prophecy for a while? Most everybody in here? That's good. Okay. So um, there'll be a wide variety of information that we're going to share today. Uh, so if it's something that you know already, eventually I'm, I'm pretty confident that we'll get to something that will be refreshing. Um, so this weekend has just been really impactful for me. I don't know about everybody else here, but it's just really helped to shift and just realign my focus, um, especially in the prophetic and just every area of my life. But just coming out of the last session that we had, I just I really felt impressed to share this right here. And I don't really think I understood it very much whenever I first got introduced to the prophetic or even started walking in it. But just the devotion to Jesus is so important. Like the information we're going to share today, it's information. It's good. It's really good to know. And for me, whenever I first started, I got a lot of information. I, I dug in. I, I, I learned. I, I sought out information. And I've realized that uh, that was one thing at first I was missing. It's, I, I was seeking out God. That's how God introduced the prophetic to me is, I was just going all in for Jesus. I wanted to know him more. I wanted to know his heart, his desires. And just he began to speak through me, speak to me first and then through me. But I didn't comprehend and understand how important that devotion was throughout. So I just, one thing, I just want everybody in here, if you want to grow in the prophetic, just seek Jesus with all your heart. Just go 100% after him. Just, Just dive in. 
desire that deep relationship with him and the prophetic will just come. It's, it's, it's this expression of his love to those around you and to you and it's the impact that that'll have. So I just want to start. God's desire has always been from Adam and Eve has been to communicate with his people. He wants a relationship with his people. He wants to speak with them. And we see that all through the Old Testament, all the way into the New Testament. And he's made this available for each one of us in this room to, to go in. It's, the, it's one of the nine gifts of the Holy Spirit is the gift of prophecy. And I really like um, Revelation 19.10. It says, For the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. And as I was reading, I, I looked at the New, Tra- New Living Translation. I really like how it words it. It says, For the essence of prophecy is to give clear witness to Jesus. So that's our primary goal. When we're, when we're talking about the prophetic, we're pointing people back to Jesus. To all things in their lives, pointing them to back to the design that Jesus had for them, to, to the love that he has for them, to his nature, to his heart. Um, it's, it's speaking forth God's heart, his mind, his purpose, by the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. <clears throat> so, I really love that God planned each and every one of us in this room. He thought about us. He, he sought us out. Um, one of the prophetic words that I love in the New Testament is, is in Luke 1, chapters, chapter 1, 13 through 19. Um, it's where the angel is giving the prophetic word about John the Baptist. And what I really find even more profound about that than the angel delivering a prophetic word to somebody was just John hadn't even been conceived yet. Like, just that, just think about that. I mean, how much God desires to share his heart with each and every person in this room. He's working to bring all things together to fulfill that what he's put in each and every person in this room, each and every person in the body of Christ, that he's put purpose, destiny, callings in your life. And he wants, and the Holy Spirit has seen the plans. He's seen the final product. And he's doing and working everything in you to get you to that place. So it's, so 1 Corinthians 14, 1 tells us to pursue love and earnestly desire spiritual gifts, especially as you may prophesy. So I really like how Paul put that. We read, if we're reading in 13, chapter 13, 1 Corinthians 13, it's commonly known the love chapter. But at the very end, he says, um, let me tell you something that's greater. And he goes right into that, which the way we see it, it would have been a letter how he wrote it. So it wouldn't have been going writing chapter 14. So um, he says, pursue love. So when we're talking about pursuing the gift of prophecy, pursue the gifts of the Spirit, pursue love, peace, the kindness all that is available, the nature of God. And with that, you'll be able to truly give witness to Jesus, to who He is. Um, I think first, so going in next into the desiring prophecy, what does that look like? What are the practical steps? That's kind of what I wanted to talk a little bit about. Was just, first was going all in for Jesus. 
And then second is, with that is prayer. That's kind of that relational connection point. That's our, um, I guess where the rubber meets the road is kind of what you can say. It's getting alone, getting in that quiet place. Um, for me, when God introduced me to the gift of prophecy, it was, it was through worship. And as he's went through, it's been those quiet times is really when he speaks to me. Like, honestly, whenever I'm just out walking around, um, it's more, he'll speak at times, but in reality, it's when I get alone, and I get quiet place, and I get in that, that secret place, and he just begins to, and I wait. The key is that I'm learning more and more is it's just waiting. The silence isn't, isn't a bad thing, and that took me a while to get over. But just waiting on him and listening and asking and, and just writing out what he had what he's sharing with me. And then as I'm going, he'll, he'll then give me the highlight to, to share that word with somebody. I'm, oftentimes I don't even know until he gives that nudging. Um, prayer is building our relationship with the Father, and it's, just, it's vitally important with any, any of the gifts of the Spirit. Uh, the second is, I think, faith. So, so doubt and fear can, can be a major hindrance for the gift of prophecy with any, any of the gifts. Uh, the Bible tells us um, unbelief quenches the spirit, 1 Thessalonians 5, 19-20, and that the spirit responds in proportion to our faith, uh, especially regarding prophecy in Romans 12, 6. Um, so the first step in earnestly desiring the gift of prophecy is um, to seek increase in our faith, to, uh, to ask to prayer, preparation, practice. Um, no one receives a gift of prophecy or any of the gifts really in maturity. It's, it's a growing process. And I believe that God does that because he wants to build that relationship. It's, it's a relational gift. And he wants to build a relationship with each one of us. He doesn't want to just give us because he knows how a lot of us are. He'll give something and we'll run with it if they don't have that relationship building process. So, uh, I want to go into like the purpose of just like talk about inspirational prophecy real quick. First um, Corinthians fourteen three, but he who prophesies speaks edification, and exhortation and comfort to men. Um, I'd say you could put prophecy kind of maybe in two categories, and that's inspirational, and then like will be revelatory, or it could be like directional, kind of how you want to put that. But that edification exhortation and comfort um, talk about a few of the objectives of that it's just sharing the nature of God we already touched on that but it's, it's revealing the fruits of the spirit the love the kindness um, the true heart of God and another is expectation whenever we're speaking prophetic words we're releasing an expectation of how God sees things what and then it creates momentum so whenever you can receive a prophetic word that speaks to you it can create momentum in your life that can take something that would have cut five years can now happen in 12, 12 months. It's just, it can create momentum. I know it's happened in my life and, and many of those around me. It's just, it's created a momentum just to push in more for the increase of God. And then it empowers. So 
just as Pastor Chris was saying, it went really well. It's like we're learning a new language. We're learning the language of heaven. So whenever you're speaking prophetic words, um, you're learning to speak the language of faith, trust, expectation, promise. Um, the enemy always seems to try to talk us out of something, but, but God's always trying to push us forward and moving us into something. Um, so we're learning to step away from the language of the world and step into God's, the heavenly, the promises to the prophetic and just on his heart. So let's go over edification. Edification builds up. It's the power to build. Um, what God is building up into a person um, by that prophetic accession, expression of, our, of his heart, uh, it helps people to understand how God sees them and what he's doing in their life. And it, it helps when we speak that, we're building them up into that. So often think of this whenever you're speaking a word. Exercise I was always told and I think of is just speak it over yourself. Would you feel built up or would it be, would you feel it would tear yourself down? That's a really good exercise. If it is and you feel like it would be, you wouldn't feel good about it. Don't, don't deliver it. So one thing you can ask is, uh, this is how you can deliver. Is this how the Lord sees you? Um, this is what the Lord's speaking to you. Engage. Um, the Lord's engaging with you in this season. Um, no negative can exist in your life alone. There's always a positive attached to it. So if you have, if you're going through a circumstance that seems negative, God's attached a positive to that. There's there's a positive outcome to that. So that whenever we're coming in, we're building up. We're we're looking for that positive because it's easy to discern the negative in people's lives. But it takes that relationship with Jesus, the relationship with the Holy Spirit and the, and the gift of prophecy to really dig in and find what we're building that person up, what God's speaking and building that person up to. Um, some practical applications for edification is uh, think of the person um, you know who really needs building up. So it doesn't have to be. You can, you can begin to ask God for people you see around them. So go with your sphere of influence. Who's around you? Begin to pray for them. Begin to dialogue with God, with the Holy Spirit, and just ask questions. What are they going through? And this is how's how can I partner with you and we share your heart to build this person up? Exhortation is to stir up. Um, it encourages people to stay connected to God's purpose and plans. Uh, the first element of exhortation is to commend, which carries both approval and concern. So we see this. The best example I like to say of this is in Revelations. When we see the letters to the churches, um, you see they say something positive, and then it says the concern. So always when you're going, build up that person. I mean, it says go with kindness, go with love, and when you're, even when you're speaking correction to someone, because we may fall in it, but just always go after loving the person. Seek out love. Next is comfort. Uh, prophetic words comfort bring peace, calm, and courage um, in an atmosphere, atmosphere of chaos and fear. Sometimes we pray um, when we should be prophesying. Uh, the, word of, the word of the Lord gives outcome when we pray into it. Uh, the prophetic word of comfort brings in courage and encouragement. Uh, the prophetic word uh, empowers, strengthens, comforts, uh, people don't have power against us. Um, we have power for them. So that's one thing. When you have that relationship, you carry stuff. And prophetic is, is substance. 
when you're speaking that, it's, it's almost like currency. You're speaking something that the person can grab a hold of and bring down, and it, it sustains them. It's, I've often heard it's, it's drought-proof. So, um, Out of our own peace and our relationship with God, we can then step into other people's lives and bring that. So real quick, I just wanted to kind of cover just another little basic is um, what you would say is three levels of the prophetic. And it's just like the faith level. So everyone can prophesy. We have 1 Corinthians 14, 31. For, all, for you can all prophesy one by one that all may learn and all may can be encouraged. You shall all prophesy. And then, like we said earlier, the primary goal, God wants to communicate with each one of us in John 10 27 says my sheep hear my voice so that's his number one desire he wants to speak to each one of us and oftentimes prophecy is coming in in confirmation that God's the one speaking to you because the world of chaos God wants us connected as a body of believers he wants us to flow and and that's oftentimes we get to step in and confirm what God's speaking in our hearts uh, the second is the gift of prophecy um, one of the manifestations of the spirit that we covered earlier um, so this one here is, is somebody that's it's you're walking in it. You may not um, have the call of prophet on your life, but God's really highlighted that gift in your life. So you're really um, you step out, you've pushed in in that level of intimacy, and God's really poured out that gift upon you. And then we have the office of prophet. Um, to be a prophet is a calling from God. It's it's um, the prophet is a gift to the church. So they are the gift of prophecy to the church. Um, you can't impart the office of prophet to the person um, as you can the gift of prophecy. Uh, you're born a prophet and awakened to the role at a certain time. It's, it's something appointed by Jesus and it's, it comes with like a governmental authoritative role with that. So that's what I have today and turn it over to Diane. That's really good, laying some foundation. And um, one thing I want to say about um, the gift and the office, um, I, I just never teach that people with the gift should be given correction. I just, it's supposed to be edification, exhortation, and comfort. You just stay there. It's a safe place to stay. It's, that's not messy. You know what I mean? I just stay there. And the, prophet, the prophet really is um, equipped and wired to uh, realign the church, to give words of correction. And, um, and if you do, if you do have the gift and you feel like God wants you to do the correction, just make sure you're, you're filled with love. Uh, but I, I just never teach that that's a good thing for the gift. You know, really. So it's, it's safety for everybody, you know. So anyway, that's just, that's just my, my two cents there. All right. Um, I'm just going to, I know there's been so much teaching and I hope you guys aren't feeling like overwhelmed. Um, but the Lord had given me this word um, early in the week. And um, it's kind of flowing with some of the things that have been spoken through Corey and um, even through Chris this morning. And so I'm going to release this. It's like a teaching. But I'm going to release it like a word kind of to you. And I'm only going to be up for about 20 minutes. It's not going to be long. And then we're going to jump into some activations. But... Um, I wanted to talk a little bit about cultivating a prophetic spirit. Um, 
And um, there's, there's just more to the prophetic than giving words, than giving prophetic words. And I cut my teeth on intercession. I was an intercessor uh, before I knew that I was gifted with the prophetic. And that's how I, that's like he was saying, like Jason was saying, you know, devotion and just, you know, I just love Jesus. And I didn't even realize I had a gift of, of the, I didn't even know when I was praying for people that I was prophesying over them, but I was. So anyway, it took me a while for somebody to point that out to me. So um, anyway, um, there's just more to the prophetic than just giving prophetic words. It's cultivating. It's a lifestyle. You know, it's, it's about keeping a tenderized heart um, and in a place to receive and understand the heart and the mind of God. It's a spirit. Um, it, it, it's a spirit that, um, that's alive and uh, fully engaged and operational. It's keeping your spirit alive, fully engaged and operational, I guess I should say. And so there's four ways that the Lord is, has, has showed me um, to cultivate a prophetic spirit. And um, so I just gonna, I'm just going to just go through these pretty quickly. And I hope that this isn't too much like a fire hose because I, I really, we really want to have time for activations. But the um, first one is see, see rightly from God's perspective. It's important to see ourselves rightly from God's perspective because um, how we see ourselves um, from God's perspective affects the way we prophesy. Um, if you have like father and mother wounds, that will, that will come through in your, when you give words. You know, wounds will come through when you, when you give words. So you just want to stay, you want to stay as healthy as you can emotionally and, um, you know, and just, just really work on inner healing issues. Um, so, uh, let me see, I'm trying to think where I want to go with this so I don't. Okay, well, let's just say this. Even when you get, even when you get a proper perspective of yourself, just know there's always going to be mixture. There just is. Because of um, our biases, we all have biases. We have a life experience, you know, that we, that we walk out and all that. So there's, there is, even, even if you get, even when you get healthy, you're, going, you're still going to prophesy, you know, with mixture. And until we see Jesus face to face, that will really be the case, okay? So we only know in part and we see in part. Um, but anyway, let's look at, let's just look at some scriptures. Let's just go into this. Colossians 3, 1. If you have been raised um, with Christ, keep seeking the things above where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. Ephesians 2, 6. And God raised us up with Christ and seated us with him in heavenly, play, heavenly realms in Christ Jesus. So we're seated in heavenly realms. And those scriptures, they point to the fact that God sees us as spirit beings. Um, who cooperate with him from the spirit realm. So we are spirit beings. So let's look at God's perspective of us and God's perspective of others. We accept Jesus by faith when we come to the Lord, and we can agree with that and that our life is hidden in Christ. Then we get to 2 Corinthians 5.17. If anyone is Christ in Christ, they are a new creation. So when he says we are new creations in Christ, we often don't believe that part. Our perspective should be the same as God's, and that is that our spirit is alive and that we were made new in Christ. When we're born again, we're actually born of the spirit. But most of us don't think that we can see in the spirit realm. Um, here's what happens. We get born again and uh, we get born of the spirit. And then we're told by the church quite often, stay out of the spirit realm. You know what I'm saying? 
they say, oh, it's just messy and it's dangerous, you know. And that really doesn't make sense because we're the only ones that really have legal access in the spirit realm. So to tell us not to go there is really undermining our authority and what we have. You know what I'm saying? So uh, the word says, the word of God says things to us like, set your mind on things above. And we're seated in heavenly places. We have eyes to see and ears to hear. His burdens are light. And we walk in righteousness, peace, joy, and the Holy Spirit. And most of us have theology that we say that is true but we really don't live it. So we need to get our brain to catch up with who we are in Christ and our authority and operating in that realm. And that is kind of the theme of this whole conference. But um, I think it was Carolyn, Carol Leaf. Have you heard of Carol Leaf? I think this is what, I think it was, this was from her. I can't remember where I heard it. But it, our eyes only see about 40% of what we think we see. The other 60% is made up by our brain and past experiences and patterns that you have developed. Our brain filters what we see by what it experienced in the past. To get a new perspective, you have to get a new belief system. And that's what Chris was talking about this morning. We've got to get a new belief system. And we're going to do this together. We're going to get it. So, so what happens is this. Our brain tosses out information that it does not have a grid for or a pattern for, you know what I'm saying? If your brain doesn't have an anchor um, for a belief, it throws it out. So, you know, I've had people tell me over the years, I've had people say, well, I can't hear God's voice. Well, they don't know that they're hearing him constantly, every day, all day long. But their brain is tossing out because they don't have a grid for God speaking to them. It's the same with seeing angels and seeing things in the spirit. Your brain is always looking for proof of what you believe, isn't it? You know, and if you don't believe in those things and you don't believe that we have access to them, you're not going to see them. You know what I'm saying? So, I'm just saying. <laughs> Romans 12, Romans 12, 2 says, be transformed by the renewing of your mind. It's not about doing something different or performing. It's about believing something different. In John 3, 3, Jesus replied, truly, I tell you, no one can see the kingdom of God unless they were born again. One of the fruits of being born again is seeing. We are supposed to see in the spirit realm. So why do we, why do we not see in the spirit realm? It's because our minds don't have a grid for it. And I, th I believe this is something that's, that God's going to give us a grid for it. Um, because we're going to need that authority. We have to renew our minds and open it up to the things of the spirit. It's about renewing your mind and helping your brain find an anchor. I call it an anchor in those encounters with God. We have to change our belief system about who we are and our spiritual authority. So sometimes, um, and I'm just going to tell you what I do. <laughs> I hope this, hope I don't get in trouble. <laughs> uh, well, sometimes I just, you know, the, it says in the word that we're dead, doesn't it? We're dead. <laughs> So sometimes I just picture myself. Now, no, wait a minute. Before I say this, aren't our, aren't aren't we saying? Aren't our? Isn't our imagination sanctified? Do we have a sanctified imagination? Yes, we do. So when we go into, we imagine things. We're not. We're not. We're not. We're not listening to the devil. Okay. We have sanctified minds. So I sometimes I picture my body dead because it says in the Word we're dead. <coughs> picture my body dead. <coughs> And I just see my spirit go up, 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 and sitting at the right hand of Jesus. 
and it brings such peace and joy sometimes. So I know it's just an exercise, and um, some that might bump some people, but um, I don't know. I just I'm just going by what the word says. It says we're dead, so I'm dead. My spirit's alive, so you know, let it go up and fellowship with Jesus. You know, so all right, let's look. At, I could go on about that particular part, um, but I don't have. We don't have time, so I'm going to skip. I'm going to go on and and to God's perspective of others. A lot of intercessors and prophetic people are feelers and discerners. You all know that. Discerner, discernment is revelatory sensitivity, and it's not prophecy. People think it's prophecy. It isn't. We need to keep discernment focused on taking out the enemy, not people. And I'm just, this is just, um, this is just something I felt like I was supposed to share about discernment because it's, I think it's so abused quite often. I actually believe that discernment can keep you at the lowest common denominator of revelation. Healthy discernment will allow God to speak into what is seen and sensed is going on. But the response should be prayer or speaking those things that aren't as though they were. Um, I remember one time I was praying for this guy, and I was just sensing. I mean, it was, it was discernment. I was sensing this greedy Scrooge, you know. Um, I just sensed there was this greed on him. And so I didn't say... You know, God really wants to take care of that greed you got going there, guy. You know, I just turned upside down. I said, God's going to make you an extravagant giver. And, uh, boy, I can just see the storehouse of heaven opening up, you know, from your finances. And you're just, you know, just going to give extravagantly. So, you know, discernment is meant to be, it's meant to be used properly. And God wants us to relate to people and see them as he created them to be. Discernment can keep us from... Uh, the body as really a family. It can keep us from family. It, it can mess up relationships if you aren't connected with God's heart. It really can. We must love well and prophesy from the love of God's people, from the love, love, loved of God, the love of God's people that God has for people. Um, if you don't, I always say this. I was a teacher, so I say, if you don't love children, you shouldn't be teaching. And if you don't love people, you shouldn't be in the prophetic ministry. <laughs> <laughs> but um, because prophetic ministry is founded in the love of God. You know what I mean? It's, it's love for people. And if you can't love them, you shouldn't be prophesying over them. I'm just saying. Um, <laughs> um, Isaiah 43, 7 says, Everyone who is called by my name, whom I have created for my glory, I have formed him. Yes, I made him. So prophetic ministry, it's a tool for pulling the glory of God out of people. We look for the treasure in the sand and the dirt. Just remember, discernment only begins, it only, it only becomes prophetic when God said something. He says something to the person. So if you stay in discernment, you'll miss what God wants to say. Um, I just put my antenna down. That's what I do. So God isn't looking upon the earth for evil. Do you ever think about that? He's not looking around for evil. We're shown things to be the answer. There are times you remove yourself from what you see. There are always exceptions and circumstances to what I'm saying. But the bottom line is if God says creation is his glory, then we need to separate what we discern from the person, and we need to try to pull out the glory in them. So, so cultivating a prophetic spirit is seen rightly from God's perspective, 
Cultivating a prophetic spirit is keeping your focus on Jesus. And it's just what Jason was saying. It was what Chris was saying this morning. I don't know if I can really add to that very much, but we need to ground our gift in Jesus. He's the expressed word and image of the Father. John 1, 1, Hebrews 1, 3, Revelation 19. He's the spirit of prophecy. The Lord is saying in this hour to arise and prepare for the light to Christ to break into our heart in a new way. You won't know him more than you talk to him, and you won't know him more than you dialogue with him. Um, Chris was talking about this this morning, about extravagant love and devotion, and that's what it is. I just take my journal, and I just ask questions. I, what I will do is I will take a pencil, and I will take a red pen, and I will. what I do quite often is I will talk to Father, because his voice is different than the Son's, and the Son's voice is different than the Holy Spirit's. So I will ask questions to each of those, but I will use my red pen when they answer. So, for example, I'll ask a question like, Lord, have I done something to offend you today? Or I'm, and I'll listen for an answer, and I'll write it. Or I might say just something generic. I might ask something generic like, uh, you know, what do you have to say to me today? Just something simple like that. But it's worth, it's worth pursuing, you know, um, to have uh, that relationship with Jesus. So um, I remember... Several years ago, I had a dream, and um, <laughs> I was with these people that I was in, that, that went to my church and that I was in relationship with and fellowship with. Um, and anyway, I saw this plane, and, and we were flying in the plane, and Jesus was actually piloting the plane. And one of the wings was the gifts of the Spirit. Another wing was the fruit of the Spirit, and the tail was guidance and wisdom. And um, the Lord was just was just really impressing upon me that that the destiny and the promise of the church is just wrapped up in Him. It's wrapped up in Him. His bones weren't broken at His death um, because bones represent destiny and promise. He's our hope and He's our promise for the future. And the prophetic is wrapped up in Him. We're promised that when we covenant with Him, that we will live forever, and the favor of the Sovereign Lord will be upon us. What a good promise. John 3.29 says, He is the bridegroom, and the bride belongs to him. I am the friend of the bridegroom who stands nearby and listens with great joy to the bridegroom's voice. And because his words will, his words, and because of his words, my joy is complete and overflows. If you have to, cult, if you want to cultivate a prophetic spirit, be a, bri a friend of the bridegroom. Stand, listen, and hear. That's what Corey was saying last night. You know, stand, listen, and hear his voice. Um, some people just talk too much um, and um, have, are too opinionated. And um, I've had to really work on this myself. I remember um, just not too long ago, I was, um, I was weighing in on something on Facebook. Uh, it, was, it was one of these high-level apostolic leaders. And I was weighing in on something that was a controversy. And I just, all I did was I just put a little thing there. Well, God totally nailed me on it. He, the, the, uh, this apostle, out of all these people, he points me out. And he goes, he goes, don't speak about things you know nothing about. Oh, and I got my hand slapped. I was like, okay, God. Um, you know, I'm, I'm off Facebook now. You know what I mean? As far as, I mean, it just was a lesson. I mean, people just sometimes they talk too much and they have too, they're too opinionated. The only voice that can, that can really save a generation of people is the voice of Jesus. To cultivate a prophetic spirit, unplug, listen to the voice of the bridegroom. 
So cultivating a prophetic spirit is seen rightly from God's perspective, and it's focusing on Jesus. Number three, find life and feed there. My husband, um, my husband is a small animal veterinarian, and he pinned the wing of a golden eagle. They, he doesn't usually do exotic animals, but they brought this one in, and so he, he was able to pin it. And that started me on this um, eagle um, season. And so I started, you know, that's when I started reading books on the, the prophetic symbolism of the eagle. And um, one thing I found out was eagles, unlike vultures, they feed on live prey. They don't like dead things. So um, what, I, what I, I felt like the Lord was saying is find your table. Find your table. Find people who will come to, to God's buffet table to eat and drink of the spirit with you. Be with people who speak life rather than drain your energy and steal time. Find a prayer group and um, a group of, of intercessors. In fact, I was even thinking, I got to get around Des and some of these other intercessors because I have lost my ability to pray out loud. I used to be able to just pray out loud, but when you're around intercessors, you learn to pray. You really learn to pray. So get around prophetic intercessors. If you're not in a church that is life-giving and feeding you, ask God where you're supposed to be. You know, we're in an hour where we need to align with the right people and at the right place. Word in the Spirit. Pursue the Word in the Spirit. John 14. Jesus told the disciples to cultivate relationship with the Holy Spirit because he's, um, because he's uh, who you will, who, I'm sorry, we need to, cult, what was I saying? Jesus told the disciples to cultivate a relationship with the Holy Spirit. And he says, you will know me. That's it. He said, you will know me. Um, Jesus, the word with the spirit releases faith. Faith works by love. And the faith that uh, works by love also releases the gifts of the spirit. So faith works by love. All the gifts work by faith. And faith works by love. So God's words, um, or give words as much as possible because um, I like to give words because they speak life. You know? And just spend time in the Word, too. Spend time in the Word and give words. <laughs> the Word and the Spirit help us contend for those victories that release life. When I have a victory over something or I share a victory with a friend over something, that brings freedom and life to my spirit. Um, if you have, you know, you've heard the old saying, if you just have the, if you just have the Word, you know, you dry up. If you have just the Spirit, you blow up. So keep those things going. Um, Seek out, number three, seek out prophetic worship. Prophetic worship, it's two-way worship. That's what I love about it. Um, it's where our heart is raised in adoration to him at the same time. We're um, being touched and um, coming into contact with his heart, hearing his voice, spirit whispering back um, to us. Uh, he sings back to us. Um, it shifts atmospheres. Prophetic worship shifts atmospheres, doesn't it? You ever notice that? Rather than just the one way, you know, worship, which is, is, there's times for that. But anyway, all right, so find life and feed there. And last of all, learn to abide through your storms. There's another thing that Corey said last night. I couldn't believe it. I was like, oh, that's, I was going to share that. John 15, 4, abide in me and I will abide in you. Our authority is peace. There's two types of storms. There's growth storms like Moses, Jacob, and Peter went through. Immature mistake storms, you know, growth curves. I've been through so many of those, I can't I can tell you. And then there's the painful hurt losses, the traumas, and the deep suffering in life storms. You know, and again, about eagles. Eagles can detect when a storm is approaching. 
It will fly to a high spot and wait for the winds to come. When the storm hits, it sets its wings to that, and the, the wind will pick it up and lift it above the storm. While the storm rages below, the eagle soars above. And it doesn't escape the storm. It uses the storm to lift its, itself higher. Um, it rises on the winds that bring the storm. And they can, they can fly as high as 16,000 feet. That's pretty high. So God wants us to have the power and the authority to fly through, the, through and above the storms of life. We have permission to struggle and feel deeply when we go through storms. That's not what, that's not what we're saying. But God wants to mature us into a place where we abide in him and use our faith to get through um, and above. Um, my husband had a heart attack uh, four weeks ago. And um, I took him in, and uh, they were working on him frantically, all these people. And I didn't know what was going on. And I was very tempted to get out of my peace. And, and one of my friends called right when I was in there. And um, she uh, prayed for me. And it really, it really reminded me of, to keep my peace. So, but I know it's hard in those situations. Jesus is our standard for how we are to face life-threatening storms. That's Mark 4, 36 through 41. And Bill Johnson, if you're familiar with him, he said, he said this. He said, the words we speak when we're facing the storms have little difference to the enemy. It's the voice of faith that repels the enemy, while the voice of fear attracts the enemy. The words spoken make little difference. And I hear people yelling at the devil and all this stuff. It's not, it's not how loud you talk. It's not how loud you yell. You know what I mean? It's, it's what you carry in your spirit. It's the faith, it's the peace, it's the joy. The devil hates all that. That's what we need to contend for, not, not, not you know, being praying louder. We can scream and yell at the enemy, but what repels him is faith and peace. The place above the storm is the place of abiding. It's allowing the wind of the spirit to take you above the storm. Abiding means living with a connection to the heart and the mind and the presence of God and his promises. It's cultivating a prophetic spirit because we're living with an awareness of the heart and the mind of God that keeps us in peace. Our peace is the presence of someone. It's not, it's not a feeling. It's, a, it's someone. It's Jesus. Um, and it's an atmosphere of heaven. So cultivating a prophetic spirit is developing an awareness of the presence of God upon our lives in the midst of storms. I believe a great, I really do believe a great awakening is coming and that God will have a prophetic people who will know who they are, who love people well, have passion for Jesus, their bridegroom. They will know how to feed on the life of the spirit, and they will fly into storms, actually fly into storms. Bottom line, cultivating the prophetic spirit is about passion for Jesus, who is the spirit of prophecy. Let's just pray. Father, we are in, your, your, your church is in transition. We're transitioning to, from old mindsets to new mindsets. We're transitioning from familiar spirits to your spirit. We're transitioning our hearts and our minds. Renew our minds, Lord. Renew our minds. Show us who we are, Father. Show us the authority that we carry in the spirit realm. Show us how much you love us. Give us fearless 
fearless hearts to go after you, Lord. Thank you for the prophetic ministry. It's always been there. It's the, it's the best ever. Teach us to handle it properly. We just love you so much, Lord. And that's really what it is. We just love you. We just want to be in fellowship with you. And uh, we want to be able to encourage the body. And so, Father, I just I thank you that, that you are even, even, even this weekend, you are cultivating the prophetic spirit in each one of us. So continue to do that, Lord. Continue to tenderize our heart towards you. We just love you so much. In Jesus' name, amen. So now we're going to practice a little bit. Uh, that's the big thing. We have the, the prayer, we have the faith, but putting it to practice and stepping out, that's uh, a big key in it. So we're going to do an exercise first. Um, we're going to have, we can spread out, just have one person sit at each table, so that way there's no more than two. So just pick a table. <laughs> I know some of them were already sitting at tables, but. We have eight. We have Rose. We have Rose, too. Rose, you can help. But you can't. Um. Stand that one. You sure not that one? You want to do that one? Does everybody here have a pen? If you need a pen, uh, raise your hand, please.
Okay. So we have uh, Jacob is passing around a sheet of paper. Uh, if you don't get a sheet of paper, let us know at the end whenever it gets done. So I kind of call this one maybe like a waiting exercise. So we're going to take, take about 10 minutes on this. We're, you can break that up however long you want to wait. If, uh, but just quiet yourself, quiet your thoughts, just push in and just ask for a, a word. It doesn't have to be, you don't have to ask for somebody specific in the room. Just ask God, just ask the Holy Spirit for a word. And then begin to write that. And when you get done writing it, just fold it up and put it at the, if you have room, at the middle of the table. If not, just uh, when you get done, here in about 10 minutes, we'll ask everybody to raise their hand if you're done. And then we might come up and gather them. So... Once you get your paper and your pen, just be, you can start. Yep. Uh, you know, I was just talking to you about how you know the voice. The voices are different. Father, Son, Holy Spirit. If you really want to stretch yourself, um, you know, pick which one you want to hear from. You don't have to just you know just kind of focus in on one of those. It would be you just see what happens. And I guess I'll ask too. Does anybody have questions before we start <laughs> on that? Yes. Well, okay. Um, th- yeah, she was asking, how are the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit? Their voices are just a little different. You know, the Holy Spirit tends to give more guidance. I, I mean, this is what I've found, more guidance in his responses to me. And... Um, then Jesus is, it's just more, it's just like a friend more. It's just more of a sweet, friendly voice. God is, um, boy, it's hard to explain that one. It's just, it's different. His voice is more firm, but it's, it's always loving, but it's in a firm way. It's the only way I can explain it. And though, that's something you just have to cultivate. I mean, I probably, maybe I shouldn't have thrown that out. Maybe that's too much, but it's just, I just want to stretch you a little bit, you know? <laughs> I just say, if it's unfamiliar with you, just... Just go with like you normally do. If, but if it is something that you're familiar with and you want to push and, and, and draw, just, um, you're more welcome. This is a safe place, so this is where you want to practice. So as you're pushing in in this area, find a group of people like this, even whenever you leave, that are seeking the same thing out. And that way you can practice together before you get out in the out there. Sorry, I didn't mean to bump you. Yes, yes. There's different, there's different ways to do that, but I, I'm, I'm not sure for this activity um, what I was going to say would be appropriate. Um, what, <laughs> what, what I usually do is I try to get everything out of my head that I'm thinking. I mean, I usually put it on paper. If I'm, if I'm trying to spend time with the Lord, I get – you know how your mind just – when you try to spend time with the Lord, you got all this stuff in your mind? I just write it on a piece of paper, and I get it out of there. That's what I do. But for this activity, I think you're just, you just – just try to quiet your heart. Try to quiet your spirit as much as you can and just find that place of peace. Tracy has something to add. Okay, I just, this is a corporate exercise. Everybody just close your eyes. <clears throat> Take a deep breath. Just breathe in the spirit of God, the breath of God. Just imagine the, 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 the God is standing over you and he's breathing right in front of you. 
and you're just breathing in his breath. Okay. Now I want to speak to everyone's minds right now. I want to speak to that place in your mind that has lots of questions swimming around. I want to speak to that place in your mind where you have a lot of white noise and static. Maybe you even see static in your mind's eye right now. I want to speak to all those places that's questioning. Is this God? Is it not God? All those questions that are swimming around, I want to talk to that place in your mind right now. And I want to tell you, I want to tell you that the Father loves you. He loves you. He's never going to force himself on you. But he really, 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 if you'll just give him permission right now, you can trust him. He's trustworthy. He's good all the time. And all the time. He just wants good for every person sitting here. He wants good for you. So if you'll just give him permission, that place in the mind to come in and speak, he's not going to let you down.
Okay, how's everybody doing? And okay, so again, I want to reiterate, this is a safe place, and this is how we learn, okay? We're doing a new thing. God's doing a new thing. So this, I just want to reiterate, there's no performance here. The Lord's voice is not one that will push you through a hoop, okay? There's no pressure here to perform, all right? God loves you. Is there anyone, I want you to sh just be bold and put your hands up. Is there anyone who did not get a word? Just one word. All we're looking for is just one word. Anybody not get a word? Excellent. See there? God is, he's dying to talk to you. <laughs> he died to talk to you. And so, <laughs> so really what we've done here is we've, this has been a listening exercise, a learning how to dial yourself down. Mike Bickle puts it. Just focus. We, we're in a society where we talk so much, we, we never listen. And if you're going to hear the voice of God, you have to shut up. And listen. So that's just what we did here. It's awesome. Okay. So the next thing we're going to do is we're going to take all those papers and we're going to put them in the middle of the table upside down or however you want to do it where the words are not showing. Okay. That's the main thing. Maybe fold your paper. That'd be good. Can you fold my, can you fold my paper for me and throw it in the middle? Everybody throw yours in the middle. Maybe move your other papers away so you don't get it mixed up and all that kind of stuff. Okay, so then um, now what we're going to do is everybody, did you mix it up like cards, mix it, mix it up really good. Like, yeah, there you go. Kids, do it. Get it going. I, I did want to point out, too, we had uh, mom and dad bring their young ones here. Praise the Lord for that because we want to train up prophets in our midst. This is the generation of Jacob right here. <clears throat> So there's no junior, as a matter of fact, their words are probably going to have more strength than any of, any of the rest of ours, just saying. Okay, now everybody just start grabbing a word. Everybody just grab a paper off the table, off the middle, okay? And I want you to read it. So as, as you're reading, um, take a minute. If it really speaks to you, if you feel it down, something in your spirit shift, um, just be sure to let us know. And if you're comfortable with it, sharing, we'd love for you to share. So like I say, no pressure. But if it does, if it really speaks to you, it's a confirmation, um, something like that, just, just let us know. So. I went up for prayer, um, I think Thursday night and, uh, for breaking addictions and, uh, someone came up to me and said, I see the uh, windows of heaven open up to you. And the word I got today was his light shine upon us in this place. And like a sun, I saw a window of heaven open. So I was sitting by Felicia here and we, you know, grabbed and then she got, grabbed her own. And so I said, let me just switch with you. And then my, I open up and mine, and mine says my name on it, that my, that what we switched has my name on it. 
so good. I think I have the same testimony because the first time I just chose my own. And when I changed, um, the one that I got, I saw my name and I said, wow, that's, you know, I'm very amazed, you know, by the word of God. And for me, it is a process learning, you know, and sometimes um, I'm really confused, you know, the difference between what God is saying, what is from me. What is from, you know, um, scientists, you know, I try to analyze everything and, you know, uh, just praying that God really helped me. Anybody else? I didn't want to share because um, emotions are overwhelming to me right now. But um, so my family just switched to Good News Church in August. My kids have been coming for years. I've been on a leadership team in Council Bluffs for 12 years, and God called us out. And uh, so we're here, and I'm uh, operating as a CEO of a company, starting another company, and uh, have four kids, a home, a transition. We're moving to the area. Um, and I've, I've operated in the prophetic for quite some time, but I've lost my joy. And this paper says joy. And uh, so the prophetic really is about the reception of the prophetic. And, and that is a new concept for me today. So thank you. Um, but my wife, uh, through this whole conference, has kept calling me the grumpy old man. She's like, why are you just so grumpy? <laughs> And uh, I think God's restoring my joy. And whoever wrote this at this table, thank you for being obedient to that word. Amen. So good. <laughs> okay. Um, so this is actually one that um, I wrote, but Mona, I, Mona asked me to read it. Okay. She chose mine from the pile. And so um, I have an M at the top because at first that's all I could. Sometimes I see in like pictures and I was like, okay, well, give me also words for this. So I have an M at the top and um, it says hope is never forgotten. And then I got Isaiah. I don't know. Um, and then I saw toys lined up against the wall and he says um, that he's not done. And then I got really strongly goals. And then shadows can't hide them. And I just saw linking arms, kind of like in a circle. And then um, really clearly, like, I could feel like a burning in my heart. It said, roll out the red carpet for me. And then he said, why haven't you? And then he said, something blue. And he said, they will know what that's supposed to mean. Was fasting um, last month. I saw the blue color, and also the confirmation of um, the goal and something that inside me I'm longing 
to seek the Lord in my heart, and I want to hear from him. And I can see since yesterday that there are things that are being pushed out and born out of me. And I even talked to Jeff that you can grow up somebody one day from birth just to be a doll and to be mature. So I thank the Lord for this confirmation. Um, so, uh, my family and I, we just are, got back from doing an internship actually down in Kansas City with IHOP. And we are in a strategic time where we've been asking the Lord for what the next direction is. And we've just landed on what the next direction is. And the word that we got, I got was direction. And the second one was egg. And I really feel like the Lord's been birthing something new in our family. And it's just, we're on the brink of... I just, the egg for me was like, just it's about to, to hatch and be birthed in, in the direction that we're headed and what he's doing in our family. So. Um, I wasn't going to share, but I feel like the Holy Spirit is telling me to go ahead and share this. Just because the, the, the prophetic word that was written here um, is definitely prophetic and how it touches me. So. Um, want to share. Um, so what was written, it says, I see a boat tied up at the harbor. The rope is thick. Someone is standing in the boat, fearful of launching out. God is saying, trust me, and I want to take you where you, you'll walk in my perfect will. Trust me, I am your safe anchor. His plan is perfect. You can trust him, but you have to let go of the shoreline. You have to cut loose before he can take you where he wants to take you. And it's prophetic to me because um, here lately I have been, um, you know, walking with the Lord, but I have had a few things arise in my life that kind of cuts me short to, of my calling of where I need to be. So he's shown me my calling, but he says, you, you have a long way to go to get to that point. So he's building me up in different um, small things that keep opening up in my life right now. But he's saying, remember, you cannot do this without me, but this is what I'm what I have for you, but you just have to let go of that shoreline is what is what I'm what I'm seeing because all this has tied into the last I want to say week of my life where all of these things are being revealed and the Lord has been speaking to me and um, I really feel that this one was definitely for me. So thank you. Thank you. So we have one more exercise and then we actually have a word that we're going to share as well as for corporate. But I'm going to turn it over to Tyler. He's, uh, he's on our team here at Good News, and he's going to explain the next exercise. Okay, so we're going to be doing, um, I learned this from a Sean Bulls conference that I went to. It was awesome. Um, but the prophetic has different types of it. There's the prophecy side where you're talking about the future. Then there's the words of knowledge side. The words of knowledge side, you give a word of knowledge to somebody, it's like you have their attention. And now anything you say forward from that, it's like you can pour into their soul and you can speak the heart of God over there. So words or knowledge are really powerful and it's great to practice, but it's really hard to practice because it's black and white. If I say, uh, is your birthday in June? No, I just now, I, it wasn't it. So it's, it's right or wrong. Prophecy, it's like there's error that can be made and... 
you still can feel comfortable. So we want to practice words of knowledge and grow in that area. So when we see people, we can step out in faith and begin to ask God for words of knowledge about people so we can take a step into their lives and begin to pour out into there. So we're going to do a game. I need a volunteer and we're going to use Jacob laying in the back. I love the kids, man. <laughs> okay. So Jacob's going to come up. What? D- raise your hand if you know Jacob. Okay. Not very many. So this is a good, okay. So we're going to <clears throat> ask the Holy Spirit, Jacob's birthday, and we're going to break it into th- two parts. We're going to first ask for the month. We're going to ask for the month and then we'll take the next steps after that. So it's going to be as simple as this. You're going to ask the Holy Spirit for a month. It's going to feel like guessing. It, it, really feel, it really will feel like guessing. But when it becomes where you get it right and then right again and right again, it won't be guessing anymore. You'll grow, but you have to start somewhere. So get out of your own mind, your own self of thinking you're guessing and just take that, stretch yourself to start asking. Okay? So really we're going to take... Five, six seconds as the Holy Spirit for a month, and that's it. Okay? Go. Okay, raise your hand if you had January. Okay, February? March? Okay, we're doing this for, it's a verbal, it's just a visual accountability. That's why we're raising our hands. April, May, June, July, August, September, October, November, and December. All right. Simple as that, Jacob. What month? November. November. Awesome. Raise your hand if you had November. You were the only one. You were two? All right. Okay. So now we're going to do the next step. Everybody can still participate. We're going to ask for the month of the, or the day of the month. Okay? So we'll just take Holy, uh, Holy Spirit. What, month, what day is his birthday? Okay. That's all the time we're going to take. And what day are you reporting? The second. Second. Did anybody have the second? All right, we had a couple seconds. Now, you, for you two, did you guys have the second at all? You had the third? Oh, that's, that's pretty close. That's like almost there. <laughs> okay, so it, it really feels like guessing, but as we keep doing this in the grocery store, at the grocery store or wherever you go, sometimes I'll walk up to the grocery person before I or the person that's checking me out, and before I get there, I'm like, uh, Jackson, Jason, uh, Stephanie, uh, I'm like, okay, I'm going to go with this name <laughs> and then I'll look at their name tag and I'll probably miss it. And then I'll be like, does, uh, the December mean anything to you? And if they say no, oh, okay, we'll have an awesome day. I'm practicing the gift of words of knowledge everywhere I go so that as I grow in it, when that in- does happen, you're going to have their full attention. And you can start pouring the love of God over their life. So we're going to do this one more time. This time we're going to do Jason. How many people know Jason's birthday? Yes.
Uh, we were at the we were at this conference and Sean Bowles said he's talking about something. He just pauses. He goes, "Sorry, I I felt like I heard God say something," and he's like, "Oh no, I'm not going to say anything." But he decides to say it because he felt his own mind was getting involved in the word that he just received, and the word was a John. It was uh, it was like a Kevin in Mexico, but he's like he's trying to picture a Mexican name. Kevin, you know, <laughs> that just doesn't work, right? So he's like, all right, I'm going to take a step. So he's like, is there a Kevin in Mexico? And this couple raises their hand. They stand up. He's like, yeah, my name's Kevin. I live on Mexico Drive. So you never know what context God might be speaking to you in. But you have to take that step to begin to ask and find out if God's actually speaking to you. All right, we're going to do it again. Ask the Holy Spirit. Yes. You know, one of the things that people do is they'll say, oh, I got this date. Is it your birthday? But it might not even be. It could be the death in the family. It could be an anniversary. So position yourself to say, hey, does this mean anything to you? It's a safer answer instead of thus saith the Lord, June, (laughs) whatever it may be, right? It's a. it's safer. So always think, think of your audience who you're around and ask the Holy Spirit, what's the best way to give what I'm feeling? All right. Last, we're going to do this last one, then I'll hand it back over to Jason. Um, ask the Holy Spirit for the month for Jason's birthday. No social media here, people. Okay. We got January. Nobody. Is it January? No. Okay, we got January. Okay. Uh, February. March. April. May. June. July. August. September. October. November. December. Okay. The month. May. Raise your hand if you had May. I think you were the only one for May. Was anybody else for May? Okay, so now we're going to take the next step. We're going to ask for the day, okay? 
Holy Spirit, speak. Okay, Jason, when is, what day is your birthday? 27th. Anybody get the 27th? All right. 27th. Okay, so just another, just quick example, not an example, but way that you can practice this is, is when you're in a group setting. So on road trips or driving, anytime like that, we've got anytime that I've been in the car uh, and we want to practice, we just say, all right. Think of somebody you know that I don't know, and I'm going to ask the Holy Spirit about that person. You're going to tell me if I'm right. And you just play a game of asking the Holy Spirit about for words of knowledge for that person. Practical ways you guys can really grow in words of knowledge. Yeah. Yes. I'm sorry. Well, you you just hit it, I think. I mean, it, we just we see in part, we know in part, and so. You know, and the more and the more you the more you practice, honestly, the more you you practice tuning into that voice, the more accurate you will be. You just got it. You've got to just what what he was saying. You know, you just the more you do it, the more you will, you know, that you'll tune into that right frequency, and you will you will you will hear it. I'm just gonna add. There's there's so many voices in the world. There is so many voices that we have to intentionally push away. And the more we're connected with the Holy Spirit, the more you'll find yourself on point. The more you'll find yourself being right. But it is, it's, it's like learning to talk as a child. It comes out messy. But as you grow and you mature in it, it becomes more clear for you as you grow in it. And so the, you have to practice. You have to, you have to practice. It's a growing relationship with the Lord. One of the things, uh, real quick, it's just real short. With the words of knowledge, when you're practicing with that, it's, it has the definitive at the end. It's either you're right or wrong. I mean, even when you're practicing with the prophetic, you could be wrong. And we don't hear the Holy Spirit right sometimes, too, on that. So it's just a matter of taking the humility and, just, and walking that out. So it is a very much a learning process in that. So we're actually going to do a, uh, a real quick Q&A. So if you have any questions... Um, Razor. I was just going to say, if, if you're on um, the team here or you're on my team, why don't you come on up here? Because we're going we're gonna to be available anyway for prayer at the end. Come on up here. And then when the question Q&A, if, if somebody has a question and you think you have, you have a, an answer, then you can, you can do that. Good answer. So I think I've seen your hand up first, so. All right, so my question is actually this. Um, 
it's going to be in two different parts. One is, is it okay for you to have five prophets in a room of maybe five prophets and prophetess in a room and just one out of these prophets we have, have a word for somebody? Or is this supposed to be something that is uniform where you have five prophets or prophetesses and all of them see the same thing? That is part one of my question. And I think the follow-up to that will be, if you have five of them, is it possible for just one to actually see a revelation or a vision for somebody Why the other four I mean, just not say it. So I think that might be what is also at play here in this room where you have somebody. Um, we're just trying to see if we, we're in tune to that person's, um, you know, maybe what, what we see. And if I am not saying it, and maybe my prophet is here saying it, I just allow her to take over. I don't know if that's... Um, on the question that was asked um, earlier, um, you know, if we're wrong, is the Holy Spirit telling us all different things? And I think part of this exercise was allowing us to know it's okay that if we didn't hear, what was your birthday? May 27th, and I heard March 13th. Well, you know, I obviously was way off, <laughs> but in that it's just like, okay, Lord, you're showing me an area that I need to fine-tune and strengthen and ask more and go deeper. My word was deeper. I love deeper, the deeper things, and I want to go deeper. So, Lord, show me how I can fine-tune this and, and to also know that you're going to probably miss it, but that doesn't mean you stop. You continue on and keep going deeper till you find it. And I think you were questioning a little bit, and I'm sorry, if, is this fine if I say one more thing? Um, you know, different people in the different prophets say different things, and but we're all you know, the body of Christ that, you know, we're one, but this is going to have to hear something different because this hand uses this, but my ear is going to have to know something that's going to be a little bit different because the ear is different than the hand or the foot or the heart. And so if you look, all of the prophetic words, even yesterday, there were 14 or well, however many, 12, they all were different, but they all were his voice. And so you just bring them together and think, oh, God, what you're doing for the body is so beautiful and what you're speaking and what part is that for me to move out in? One thing real quick, too, I'm taking a prophetic function class. And one of the things that he talked about with the unity of the body um, that I thought was extremely interesting is John, if you read in Scripture, he always heard the voice of the Lord. He always knew um, when he when he sensed him or heard him and peter was the one who always acted and peter acted off of john's revelation of hearing and sensing him there so if you re if you look biblically and you start reading scripture um it shows that and that is the true um synergy of the body of christ functioning together is that they they functioned off of each other but they were both um you know, utilized and used to a very, you know, amazing capacity within what God was doing, so. Well, I just want to say about something about that because really one way to really grow is get on a prophetic ministry team 
Um, and it's what she's saying because it really takes the pressure off of you. And what one person will get one piece, another person will get another piece, but yet there's no pressure, you know, for one person to come up with a word. So I don't know if you have those here, um, but but just, you know, you can find places where you know, get on a team. It's great. So real quick, we're going to go a little bit longer on this. It is 1230. So they're having lunch downstairs. Feel free if you want to leave and go to lunch. It's fine. If you want to stay, we'll continue this for a little bit longer. And we'll have prayer available afterwards as well. So feel free to stay if you want. But just know it is 1230. If you want lunch, more than welcome to go. So. Before everybody takes off, uh, I've got a corporate word here. So when we were writing on our table, the word I got, I, I just felt it, it was for many of us here. So I questioned it, but, I, but the Lord just kept, that's all he was giving me. So I wrote this, this uh, corporate word out, discussed it ahead of time, <laughs> threw it in the pile, and it came right back to me. And when I came back to me, I knew it, it was just like triple confirmation I'm supposed to give it here. But um, I'm just going to read it word for word what I wrote down. Um, this Heaven Come Conference has also covered some weighty matters. Um, like like some, some of us that have been up front have spoken of tough times coming. It's good not to forget this while you're also pursuing the gifts, like here, this con here in this breakout session. But don't be afraid by the weighty matters. Rather, allow me to make you ready for them as well. When you leave, when you leave this, when this conference is over, Remember these things, press in and talk with me concerning them, and I will make you ready and bring you peace over them. There is yet time. The Lord also wants to grow you more and desires to speak with you and show you bigger and weightier matters. So um, I just felt that for many in this room uh, in there, so in the word just speaks very, you know, there's things Things coming, things been spoken of, and he just doesn't want you to be afraid. You just get press and get closer with him, and let him speak with you. That, but on the other side of that, the weightier matters is there's bigger things that he wants to talk with you about, and he, things he wants to give you, like w words that carry weight as well. We're just going to close in prayer, and then if you want, to, okay, okay, and then then we'll close in prayer. And if anybody wants to stay and get prayer, we're all up here. Okay, so, um, Alea, Elia, thank you, gave me a word, and I felt like it was for me personally, but I also felt like it was corporate. So when you just released that, I felt like I was supposed to read this. This was her word, live, love, laugh. And the reason, and she has, so what she, and she drew pictures too. By the way, God does speak in pictures, so if you were getting pictures, that is valid. So she drew a picture of um, a smiley face. She drew a picture of two people in a heart, which speaks of unity. The smiley face, I believe, speaks of joy. And then she drew a heart with many hearts inside the heart. And I just want to say this, God's dumping some, like he said, weighty matters on us. And they're necessary um, for our growth and our unity. But in it, God wants us to, he's trying He's trying simultaneously to do two things at one time, release the heaviness because it's necessary for our growth and the levels that he wants to take us to. But so is the joy. He's really trying to release joy to the body. So I just want to say to you, thank you 
Thank you, because you're, spe- you're hearing from God and you're speaking the voice of God to the body of Christ. And I also want to say in that if you have children or you have grandchildren and you can, you can begin to train them up in the, hearing the voice of the Lord, um, do, don't hesitate. They, we need that generation to be raised up. So thank you. Does anybody else have any questions before we close in prayer? Anybody? Okay. Well, I just, I, I read that scripture as just basically that we need to have prophetic accountability in general, that we, um, we need to be in places and situations where someone can, um, can say that word is accurate or it's not accurate. And a lot of times you'll see people pulling people off into, into like in the parking lot or, you know, in the corner and giving them prophetic words. And I don't think that's healthy. I really don't. I think we need to come into a, a place where we, we have accountability among each other, and that will purify the prophetic, actually. That will bring the prophetic up to a whole new level of, um, of responsibility. And so, um, you know, I, I, yeah, you have something. Um, the way I receive that is a lot of times in the body of Christ, when somebody gives a prophetic word, if it doesn't come to pass, the person that received it takes the responsibility that it wasn't fulfilled. What, why didn't it happen? I must have done something wrong. And in my opinion, that it is the person that's giving the word's responsibility to take responsibility for the word if it's wrong. Because if you don't, the person receiving that's going to feel condemnation, feel like they missed it. God, I'm not doing what I'm supposed to be doing. And... Or I've also heard people give words and they're like, well, if it hasn't happened, you're in sin. No, the person that gives the word bears the responsibility of it. And if you're wrong, you take responsibility for it and say, hey, I'm learning to hear the voice of God. Please forgive me. So we as prophets take responsibility of that with one another.